Hello, and welcome to Around the Table, a podcast about food stories from science to everyday life. In this podcast, I'm heading to Beirut in Lebanon to talk to Susan and Ayub about their everyday lives during lockdown. Hi, Susan and Ayub. Do you just want to introduce yourselves? Hi, Tess. Thanks for having us on. Uh, we're Susan and Ayub, and uh, we live in Lebanon. We both uh, have been, I don't know, enjoying the lockdown. <laughs> and we have uh, Khalil with us, baby Khalil, so he's going to be making periodic interventions. Ah, um, thank you for having us, Tess. Um, just want to say that, that just to give some context, we're here, it's spring, we're just out of a very strong heat wave, and so we're enjoying a small, small breeze, the first one in the past week. Oh, that's nice. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about what life is like for you guys in Beirut during the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, sure. Um, we, um, I don't know, somehow we feel grateful that we were here in, during this pandemic. We spent, we both traveled a lot for our work and we have our, our baby arrived on March 25th. Um, so towards the beginnings, so we were in the last month of pregnancy um, and um, the baby arrived at the beginnings of the pandemic. And it was a difficult choice to choose whether we would be in Lebanon or in the UK or in the US or in France. Um, we're glad we're here because it feels more comfortable, the weather is better, and it turns out that the health conditions were, uh, were better. So uh, for us, the, living here in the pandemic has meant staying at home a lot with the baby and with a very, very, very uh, restrictive, um, restricted number of people around us, uh, to our, our parents, and maybe two or three other people whom we see at a distance on the balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think one of the things everyday life in Beirut has is, is a bit um, like the pandemic in Beirut followed a very active fall of uh, protest movements and an economic crisis related to devaluation of the currency. So there's a bit of a surreal element. Our day-to-day is extremely comfortable and routine. Um, feels like very safe and it's very domestic and sort of orientated around the baby. Um, we're both doing, you much more than me, but we're both doing some work, some computer work from home, um, which has been sort of minimally disruptive. Uh, but what's going on outside is, is much more dynamic. So I think there is this odd quality of kind of like our lives are perfectly serene, while the outside world seems like very uh, tumultuous. Have you had a chance to get out and observe anything that's going on in Beirut? <laughs> uh, well, we've been doing a lot of walks, a lot of kind of being, uh, you know, I think like people everywhere, it's like your one opportunity to sort of change scenery and get out of your house is to take a take a stroll. Um, so we've been doing a lot of that. 
but in terms of like, you know, an economic crisis isn't really something you can observe anyway. Uh, it's definitely kind of through sounds, you know, through uh, watching the news, reading the news, hearing from other people. I don't know if you have a different perspective. You have done more of the circulation. Since I gave birth, I've really avoided uh, even the kinds of limited activities that I think most people have been doing during COVID, like going to the supermarket or things like that. I've done, I've really done very little of that to avoid, uh, to avoid any exposure because of the baby. So I think, uh, yeah, you'll be seeing, seeing more stuff than I am. Yeah, kind of in the daily life, uh, because of the economic uh, and political crisis, we were already experiencing a lot of restrictions on movement and also on access to banking, access to funds and to goods in shops. And with COVID, these restrictions became immensely bigger. So it had a huge amplification effect. So for me, this has meant having to figure out the, the two, three hours in which I could run to the bank and withdraw cash money because there was no, uh, there was no indication as to when is the next time that the bank would be open. Um, and so that also meant encountering people and having awkward interactions from afar under masks uh, and with gloves. And sometimes, you know, people slipping away from their discipline and, you know, wanting to come and say hello. And just these, these awkward slippages in social distancing are things that I experienced a few times. So can you tell me a bit more about what it was like to give birth during a pandemic? Um, leading up to it was extremely stressful. I was very anxious. Um, <laughs> I, I gave my, the baby came very late. I delivered at 41 weeks, four days. So it was, you know, almost, uh, was sort of the like last days where my, uh, care provider would let me wait for a spontaneous labor. Um, and so I had to go in for monitoring every so often. And every time I went in for monitoring, monitoring I cried. And so the midwives, like <laughs> when I went back last week for my, or like a couple of weeks after, um, for prenatal, for like a postpartum checkup, they were like, so you're happy now, you're feeling better now, right? You look a lot better, Because <laughs> I was just so anxious. Um, but it turned out that during the delivery, there was, and, and we had to go in, uh, you have to enter the hospital at night, obviously, through um, the emergency entrance, which is right next to the COVID testing entrance. So we were like, I was extremely anxious about this. And we were very vigilant about kind of like planning in advance, how much exposure would we get by walking by the COVID testing area? Um, how could we minimize risk of exposure? And this was early, right? So I think uh, now I feel like there's a lot more knowledge about like what's a way to be, to avoid kind of any dangerous contact. Um, whereas at the time it was kind of like, I don't know, it felt very much like you could get COVID just from, like, like you could get it so easily, you know, it could be anywhere. Um, so yeah, that was very stressful. And then, but then when we got to the hospital, it was really like a very odd feeling of, it was, it was just felt very relaxed. We were the only people on the maternity ward. Uh, so we got a lot of kind of extra special attention. People were went out of their way to be like kind and thoughtful to us. Uh, and we had a very quiet two days in the hospital, um, which was really restorative for me after delivery and like really kind of sweet to get to know the baby. So, so yeah, it was really up and down. And then coming home, I think uh, 
it's been on the one hand like great you travels quite a bit for work so he's it's been really great that he's been around he hasn't traveled for months um so the three of us have gotten to spend a ton of quality time together which has been wonderful um but uh there's also the stress of kind of what could be dangerous i don't know i worried a lot about taking the baby out of the house I, you know i, I have concerns uh there's this sort of everyday stress of it of uh not knowing exactly what risks are necessary appropriate just weighing everything up can be can be stressful i don't know for us uh, at least for me this was a bit eerie the atmosphere the whole atmosphere was a bit eerie because all those streets all those neighborhoods were very empty and I think I had a sense of foreboding, and I've had, I've had that for a while, of something very bad is about to happen, but I, you know, we can't really say what it is. Um, and at the same time, thinking about all the, all the ways in which the, the socioeconomic situations will get worse afterwards, and whether that would become also you know, safety concerns and security concerns. So all of these have been things that have uh, that are, you know, bigger and magnified by uh, by the fact that we now have a young baby and more responsibilities. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It adds a whole new layer to this pandemic, as well to have the economic side going on beforehand. Um, I, which I kind of really want to talk more about, but because this is a podcast about food, <laughs> it's time to ask you a mundane question, <laughs> um, which is how the how the pandemic or the lockdown has affected your eating in the home. Is it has it changed it very much, and are you able to get all the food you want and all that? Um, I think it has the quality of our eating has become much better. We used to travel and we used to go out a fair bit. Um, and now we eat at home every day, all meals, everything's home cooked. Um, so, I, you know, in that sense, I think the quality has improved. Also because everybody has more time. Um, we've been, we live close to uh, other family members of ours. And so there's a there's sort of like a micro market of exchanges of uh, sweets, cakes. Everybody has time to bake cakes, breads, uh, various types of uh, desserts, but also meals. Mm-hmm. So we have so our our access to cook uh, food cooked not in our home has been um, also interesting. And I guess the last thing is we have, I don't think we've experienced any disruptions, at least not yet, but we always operate because of the, of the expectation of future restrictions in the food supply chain. We've been enjoying the things that are imported uh, from abroad or the things that are a little bit generally, a little bit more expensive uh, or just unusual for the country itself. And so what we expect is that we're going to have fewer cheeses coming to the country or, uh, you know, any imported chocolate. But we're going to have more access to locally produced goods of uh, fru- fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, fresh meats. Um, but this hasn't happened yet. We've been 
we've been acting with the expectation that this would happen. Um, yeah, enjoying the things that we that we can't get. We used to before quarantine. We used to social and before the baby. Obviously, this also would have changed it. But uh, we used to kind of socialize with friends by going out to dinner. So we went out to dinner fairly often. And we would always complain about, I don't know, how we didn't like to eat restaurant food. And I think now, every so often, I say to you, I wish that we could go to a restaurant. I miss going to restaurants. Um, because I think the quality of our diet has definitely improved. We eat less salt, we eat less fried food. And I'm the one making the decision, like we together, but primarily me, are the one making the decisions about like what we buy and cook. And so it's really um, boring. <laughs> we would have like a much more like healthful but much less uh, varied repertoire of stuff that we're doing. There's also a cute ritual that's emerged is that uh, since I'm not keen to really take the baby anywhere else, keep him in the house, Ayub's parents who live in our same building um, come for lunch on Sundays. So we have started hosting this lunch. His, uh, his mother cooks and brings down the food. So the hosting duties are relatively light <laughs> on me but it's really it's cute to have them um and yeah so that's been a a different thing we also i think sit down and eat more meals just the two of us i think that uh like every day we have lunch together we sit down and have like cooked food together uh and every evening as well twice a day we kind of sit down and have meals just the two of us with the khalil letting us both eat at the same time or not. Uh, so it's different. It's a different rhythm to the day. Um, so I'm, I'm curious just about what, what it's been like to have, especially as you're our, our first couple we're interviewing, what it's like to be with the same person for this amount of time. It sounds like you're really enjoying it. Um, has it also been challenging? challenging uh i think that one we had so many adjustments like i feel like since we have the baby it feels like very eventful in our home uh that we didn't have the same experience of like monotony and boredom that i think we might have experienced had it just been us um and we had my mother with us my mom came before my delivery uh, and spent, she ended up spending almost a month here, right? Six weeks. Six weeks. Wow. No, 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 no. Yeah, my mom, she, yeah, she arrived, she left the night that uh, Donald Trump announced the end of flights from Europe, arriving to the United States, and she left on a repatriation flight for Italians in Lebanon. So she transited through Rome. Um, it was not. It was not that easy to get her out. Yeah, um, and yeah. So I think the challenge has been more like adjusting to life with the baby than between us as a couple. Yeah, I thought um, I've enjoyed it a lot. I think uh, we. It felt like. Uh, the first time that we had um, a long stretch of time where we didn't have to travel. And so I think it allowed us to make our place home and a home much more than at any other previous time in our relationship. 
Um, so I, I really enjoyed the fact that we, we were able to do that. This is, for us, this has been one of the gifts of, the, uh, of confinement. And that's principally because I travel a lot for my work. And so here I had no, you know, I feel like I, I regained a good chunk of time and now we can sit down and then hang out and read books without thinking that I have to pack my bags and travel again. And I think we had always, like, for the first year that we were married, we were living, I was living part-time in the UK, and it was kind of back and forth. We spent, like, some of our time here in Beirut, some in Cambridge. And uh, and so we always felt like we were, like, off routine. You know, we, we could never get, like, a stable routine down. It was so, it was such a struggle to kind of feel like we were regular. And now it's like, there's nothing else. There's no other choice. We've actually become extremely predictable and regular. So, um so it's nice to see that that isn't boring, right? That was kind of a reassuring outcome. We were like, I think, you know, when you have a more mobile lifestyle, you sort of fear that if you stop moving around so much, you'll be bored. And we found that we were not bored. We were very happy. So that was, uh, that was nice. So the challenge, the challenge is like, uh, how we're, how we're going to go back to <laughs> the way that we were living before. The challenge is really like, what do we need to rethink now, now that we know how well we and the baby do with like a more regular lifestyle? Right. I think a lot of people must really be feeling this is that there's a sort of silver lining to just having more time and more time, quality time with loved ones. So I think it will be an adjustment to move out of it for a lot of people. Of course, this is like a very place to be, right? That you can see a silver lining in something that has been, I think, devastating for a lot of people. But touch wood, that's been our experience. Right. Totally, for sure. Um, well, that's about all I have to ask you. Although my favorite question to end a podcast is, uh, what what are you having for dinner tonight? <laughs> what are we having for dinner tonight? We are having um, fritters of uh, zucchini and carrot and some bread. We'll have some salad and stuffed zucchini. I'll probably have a beer because I'm so happy that I can drink beer now that I'm not pregnant. And that sounds delicious. <laughs> Thank you. We wish you could join us. Dara Tesbird and Professor Stanley Uliajak, who are anthropologists of food and nutrition and of household uncertainty and insecurity. The opinions and ideas expressed are solely those of the contributors and podcasters and do not reflect the opinions of any university body. The music in this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you for tuning in.